Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning. I'm glad that you're here. And I am going to ask you to pray with me. I, you know, I haven't been too nervous lately, but I don't know what it is today. So, Father, we come before you. We come before you asking that, Lord God, that uh, in, in these next few moments that we take, this next little bit of time, that, Father, your word would go forth. Lord, what my desire is, is that every ear that is in this room will hear what your word is saying to them. Lord, maybe some ears have already heard your word speaking to them through the songs, through the worship, through the times of praise. And Lord, I thank you for that. But Lord, now in this next little few moments of time, Lord, I ask that you would just turn our spirit into uh, listening to what you have for us. Not so much a voice, but your spirit to speak. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. As you know, uh, our pastors Pat and Julie are taking a little bit of a vacation. They'll be back in the office tomorrow. They were gone a good part of last week. We had the opportunity on Wednesday night to go down and be with Life Builders and be involved with the ministry that happened there for the last week. They had Life Remodeled working with them. And uh, I was talking with our brother Larry last night, and he said it just was a great time. It was a great week. Tremendous progress and different things that happened along with the ministry. But more importantly, the building of the community that is going on down there. And then we had a chance to go down with the team last night and see what was going on. They were going to have a water baptism service, and it was, just, it was just a great time. And I'll tell you what, has summer been wonderful or what? The weather has been great. I was so happy for them to have night after night after night. They didn't have to battle storms. They maybe had to battle a little bit of heat, but hey, it's summer, right? That's what it's all about. So we were just happy to be involved and to see what was going on in the ministry that has been going on down at Life Builders. And it kind of ties in. The reason I say all that is it ties in with what we're talking about today. We're talking about hope in the word. Pastor Pat has been talking about know, live, spread the word. I hope that that gets so deep down inside of you. You've got to know the word to be able to live the word, to be able to spread the word. And that we're going to continue to work in this area. This is going to be kind of our mission statement, if you will, as we are going forward. And we spent a number of weeks on knowing the word. And last week he introduced the idea of living the word and how we have to live the word every day of our lives. So in that living of the word, today I want to deal with the word hope. And he is asking that we uh, take time over the next days, the next weeks, continue to read Psalm 119. That's where the basis of all that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks is coming through, is through Psalm 119. And I have a few of those scriptures. I'll talk about them in the middle of our, in our message and stuff. But as I was looking at it, I wanted to talk about hope. And I remember having a minister come to our church years ago. We were in the old building. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Trevor Chandler was his name. And I believe he was from Australia. I think I'm right in that. 
And he talked about a hope. And I'll tell you what, as a, as a youngster, I don't know how old I was, I don't remember, but I do remember how it got inside to me and talking about what hope is. So in looking it up in a couple of the scriptures that I'll use in Psalm 119 and, and some of the other verses, there are a couple different words that we're going to use this morning. And one is yakal, Y-A-C-H-A-L. And it's to wait, it's to be patient to be pained at times, to stay, to tarry, to trust, to wait. And one of the other words that will come out of Psalm 146 is the, it's spelled S-E-B-E-R, but it's seer. And it's talking about an expectation. And that's the thing that I remembered about from this minister that came so long ago is that the hope that we're talking about, a, a biblical hope that we have is, is not the same as what the, the world has. A biblical hope or definition of hope. And our very first scripture that I want to bring to you today, I think it kind of speaks to it out of Romans 8, 24 and 25. And I want to read it out of the New Living Translation. And it said, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, or yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. We were given a hope when we were saved. There's something about that salvation process. There's something about it that's very different. Humanly, in a human way, in a a worldly way, uh, if we were to define hope, it's, and when I look it up in a dictionary, it's hope is wishful thinking about something good happening in the future. Well, I don't think the wishful part works at all from our biblical standpoint. It's an expectation of what's going to happen, not wishful thinking that it may come about. Let's try it this way. A retired man who volunteers to entertain patients in nursing homes and hospitals went to one of the local hospitals and took his portable keyboard along. He told some jokes and he sang some funny songs to the patients at their bedsides. When he had had finished, he said in farewell, I hope you all get better. And one of the elderly gentlemen said, I hope you get better too. (laughs) That's the kind of hope that We're not talking about today, you know, like, oh, maybe one day you might get there. No, we're talking about a hope that that we have in Christ. Biblical hope is a firm confidence from God about future issues because they are based on God's promises and his revelation. In other words, biblical hope is, is linked inseparably with a firm faith and a confident trust in our God. The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm 146. Again, out of the New Living Translation, verses 3 through 5, he says, Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, when they breathe their last, they return to the earth and their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord. I love the word joyful coming up this morning. I believe we can be joyful knowing that our God has things in control, has us in control, all that's going on. Some thoughts and ideas that I share today, I have to admit, and I want to give a, a, 
uh, author by the name of Jack Kelly credit because as I was working through some studying and looking at this and even saw a Bible study of his, I, I, I want you to know that I, these are not all my thoughts that I had this man who I really felt poured into me over the last 10 days or so as I've been looking at this. The fact that many Americans don't think that either presidential candidate will be a fix for our economy. And I don't know if you think the future candidates for president are going to be the fix for our economy. Uh, We are seeing less and less hope that that's going to be the fix. Government does not have the ability to fix the problems of our day. I had to look this up because I didn't even know that this was a term. I just always talked about it as work ethic, but it was talked about a Protestant work ethic. The Protestant work ethic encouraged, uh, that encouraged our parents and our grandparents to live right and work hard as the best way to achieve prosperity. It's no longer reliable, they're saying. There are untold numbers of right-living and hard-working middle-class Americans who are finding it increasingly harder and more difficult to stay ahead or to even get ahead. And to think about getting ahead, forget about it. You know, that type of an attitude. Oh, just forget about it. But I believe that because of our, our strained political system, it seems like one side just wants to blame and malign the other side. And, and I don't buy the fact that it is the economy stupid and that's all we're trying to live for. I hated that statement when it was made and I like it even less now. But we're so used to being told things are better than they actually are that we, know, know, we don't know any longer what to believe. I don't know if you heard this, but in this Bible study, I was reading this. Have you heard that we may now be moving to a place where our children don't have the hope or the expectation of doing better than their parents? I remember thinking how how great an influence a positive expectation had or has on our national way of life. We, We always had that positive attitude, but... It seems like that attitude has changed. Actually, unfortunately, a lot of the attitude has come to a point where, well, what can, it, what can our government do for me? We've become a society of entitlement mentality. See, the problem is too many of us have let our past experience shape our expectation for our future. Because of what we've come to believe, we've, or we have come to believe that our standard of living would always continue to be an upward trend. You know what? For Christians, that's true in a spiritual sense. But I think it does kind of contradict Bible teaching where our physical lives are concerned. In fact, we're warned to kind of expect something different than that. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It says, you know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money and they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. 
They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. In a spiritual sense, we should always be moving upwards. But I think in a natural sense, we have to understand where this fallen world is going. Paul also said in Romans 15 and verse 4, For everything was written in the past, or for everything that was written in the past, was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Thank the Lord for his word and for us being able to read and learn and see that we can learn from it. Jesus said in 1630, John 16, 33, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome it. This is not our final abode. This is not the place that we stay. And this is not the place that we're gonna end up in in this world. Let's do our best to quit letting it influence and move us and only have our, our, our expectation set on that. Our expectation should be set on what's ahead in Jesus Christ. This is what lies ahead for us. And it, as, as some things are gonna continue and really everything in this world will continue to, to digress. In Matthew um, 6, 31 and, and 33, we're encouraged to what? Seek God and his righteousness. And in all these things that we have need of, they'll be taken care of. He's already told us that he'll take care of the needs that we have. So we can be hopeful in that, that you will be taken care of if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Paul also says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't be, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I really believe that many of the Christians, are, or many Christians are anxious about this next little while, uh, or why they're, they're anxious about it is that they don't have a very clear picture of the destiny that the Bible paints for us or it's not fixed in our minds. So I, I hope this statement doesn't sound harsh because it is. But you don't take it against me is what I'm saying, I guess. <laughs> Make no mistake about it, but the life on earth is not gonna continue to just get better and better. It's not going to. I don't care who's elected as our next president. Life is not just going to keep getting better and better because we keep taking a step further and further away from the God that is the one that has designed, that has planned, and we're not following that plan. That's part of our problem in this nation. Not part of it. It is the problem in our nation. He said that we who are believers should not be taken by surprise as the day approaches. 
That means that we should not be fooled by the appearance of improvement. We should remain alert and self-controlled, putting on faith as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. Did we already hear this? God did not suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Thessalonians 5. The Greek word Paul used for self-control means to to be calm and collected in spirit. Can I challenge you today? Don't get caught up in all the hoopla of what's going on in this world and especially about being a naysayer. We should be the ones that are speaking so positive because we know who is our hope. We know who is our expectation. It says in 1 John, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Let's look at a few scriptures out of Psalm 119. I know I got a ton of scripture today. But you know what? Better hearing that than hearing me. I'm telling you, I believe that with all my heart. Psalm 119 verse 49 says, remember your promise to me for it is my hope, my only hope. And out of Psalm 119.74, may all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. Can you hear the psalmist's heart here? If you are my refuge, you are my shield, your word is my source of hope. When we begin to step away from his word, that's when the worry, that's when the fear, that's when the anxiety levels are going to go. But if we will stay in what his word teaches us, that's why we need to know the word. And when we know the word, then we can live the word. And when we live the word, then we can take it and we can spread that word. I loved what I saw last night in this park down at the corner of Edmore and whatever the cross street was. I just know how I got there. And I watched a tent meeting of people hearing the hope of Jesus Christ for their life. And we have to be like that. We have to be like that. You know, just sitting here hearing that we just lost a dear brother, Joe Lance. I am so grateful he knew Jesus Christ the way that he did. I am going to miss him dearly because I'll tell you what, he was... One of the best encouragers, I'll tell you, every Thursday I would come into service or even if I wasn't a part of the service, Brother Joe would be sitting there and say, hey, is it your day to speak today? I know it's got to be getting close. I said, no, I'll be next week or whatever it is. And he would just be this, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. And he was just such an encourager. But Joe loved to be where the word of God was being talked about. And I'm so grateful for that. But I'll tell you what, you don't know what a day holds. The family wasn't expecting him to pass. It was one of those things where Ramona walked back, his daughter walked back into the room and he had just went to sleep. Now, I won't say that they were completely unprepared. They did have hospice in. They knew that he was struggling. He had the pancreatic cancer, which we know is just terrible. But I say all that to say, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what the rest of today holds. 
So, you know, we need to do our best to keep our confidence, our hope, the expectation of what God's word said for us, says for us, who we are in Jesus Christ to be the expectation that we live by and not hoping that somebody from some other place could take care of all these needs. I'm grateful for the Democrat, democratic society that we live in. I'm glad we have the opportunity to be able to do what we are and I still believe we're a great nation. But at the same time, we're a nation that is stepping further and further away from God and we need a, a remnant of people to stand strong on who God is in our lives and stay strong in the word. I just want to talk about a couple pieces of equipment that we need that will help us. A breastplate protects our heart, right? And the helmet is to protect our head. A shoulder, who, a shoulder, a soldier who went into battle without either one of these uh, parts was very vulnerable to attack, to, to being beaten. It took both of these pieces of equipment to protect him. And our heart is the seat of our faith. And our head is the seat of our knowledge, where our brain is, right? But our brain and our heart, they work together, especially in a spiritual sense. But most, both of these things must be protected because both are essential to our well-being. It says we live by faith in 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, it says we live by faith and not by sight. And in Romans 10, it talks about, but faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. God gave us the faith to be saved and then gave us his word so that we can nurture and we can strengthen our faith and our knowledge of him. See, without knowledge, our faith would be shaken. And without our faith, our knowledge would be discredited. False teachers are going to prey on our lack of biblical knowledge if we're not careful with very clever attempts to shake our faith. And you know what? Those days are going to come. There's going to be things that are going to be said that, I got to regroup here. But you know what? We got to go back to his word, to what his word is teaching, to what his word is claiming, because the Lord promises an escape from judgment uh, on on things as long as we keep his word at the center. We We can be taken out of that place of being judged for unbelief. It takes both faith and knowledge to fully protect us, to keep us calm, to keep us calm in our spirit. Our faith in God's promises and the knowledge that he really made, or he really made these to combine and give us the protection that we need to stand against all of our enemies. When these things, it says in Luke 21, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. 
So I just want to challenge you today with the idea of hope in the word that we will get our heads. First of all, we'll get our heads into the word, but get our heads up and looking up high and praising our Lord and lifting our hands, as it says, through our praise, through our worship, and not spend so much time worrying about the political machine that is out there that is going to get us all distraught, all worked up. We'll all get mad. I'll tell you what, you listen to 10 minutes of it. You're going to get upset. You're going to get angry. I, I think in 10 minutes is about all it'll take, maybe even less. Because I'm so tired of the fight that we have among ourselves within a nation, battling back and forth. But listen to this scripture in Jeremiah 17, verse 7. It said, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Our hope is not in what this world says. Wishful thinking about something good that could happen in the future. No, but a firm confidence and an expectation and in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? That's where our hope is. Mark that down. Circle that. Write that in your Bible. Write it in a note somewhere. Get that Jeremiah 17, 7 in your heart. But blessed are those whose trust, who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Today we have the opportunity to take communion. What a blessing. What a privilege. What God did for us. This just shows so much to us. The devotion and the love and the depth that Jesus Christ went for us. And how dearly and how precious we are to him. So I'm going to ask our elders and our deacons to take their place and to begin to prepare themselves to serve us this today. It says in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 23, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body which is broken for you, or which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. And when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. This is an open communion service. We just ask that you are a believer and you have made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life if you participate in this. Service. This is just something that is to build us, to strengthen us, to edify us in our walk. But we also are challenged in this word here too to examine our own hearts before we partake of the the bread and the cup. So I want you to just in this time 
as they are beginning to pass it out, take time to examine your own hearts and where you are in Jesus Christ. Do you see the value in getting together with the body of Christ? I hope so. You know, our word tells us that forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. We need each other. We need to be together. We need to be in a place where we can help each other in times when, you know, I'll tell you what, it never fails. When I'm struggling, whenever things seem to go bad or, you know, it can go in many different ways. I've got people in my life that can speak into my heart, speak into my ears, and it can begin to change in my heart. I thank for, so thankful for the staff that I have the opportunity to work with that could call me out. I'll walk through the front door on a certain morning and Angela say, are you all right? <laughs> all right, it already shows that much in my face. Thank you for challenging me on that. You know, thanks for checking me on that. Or any of the other ministers or whatever it is. I've got people like Steve Malik that will call me up and I'll tell you what, there's times where that phone will ring and I'm thinking, oh, it's true, Steve. It really is true. Like, oh, because he's given me some challenges. But I'll tell you what, every time I hang up with him, he's encouraging me because he's in the word. And that's what I need is people like that. And we all need to have that in our lives. And I will just ask that you will take that heart and that attitude to say, you know what? I need the body of Christ around me because it's what keeps me in line. And I hope that the words that I could speak or somebody else could speak into your life will keep you at that place where there is a great hope in your heart for what is going on because of what Jesus Christ is doing in all of our lives. Do you, do you get it? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what this blood is all about. The sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. I just can't help but think this is what he did for me this is what he's done for you when I walked into the sanctuary this morning there was a song playing saying how can that be that you would give up your life you'd give up your your place in heaven for me well you know what he loved us that dearly Do we love him that dearly that we will search him, we will follow him, that we can live with such a hope of what he's done for us? I hope that you'll continue in that. Father, we take this cup right now. We thank you for what it represents, the hope that we can have to know that you loved us, that you you bled and you died, Lord, and that even healing can be brought to our bodies. Healing can be brought to our minds. Healing can be brought to our homes, to our finances. Lord, you could deliver us once and for all from the things that seem to bind us. Lord, it's through your blood that was shed that we can have that hope and that confidence, that expectation in you. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's where my heart was, was saying, you don't know what today holds. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, for those that are dear and near to your life, you know, let's extend that hope of Jesus Christ to all those that we can, why we have the opportunity. 
And so my thing is, before I say this blessing, if today you are feeling at some point in your life or at any point in your life that you're not sure about that hope, don't leave here today. Let us pray with you. We would love for you to come down and just, we'll have a few people that will be here that will love to hold you up and pray with you to just ask the Lord to to help you be bolstered in your faith. Amen? Scripture tells us in Numbers 6, this is a a priestly blessing. It says, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, I ask that you bless this congregation. Thank you, Lord, for each and every individual. We thank you for your mighty power, your saving grace, but also, Lord, to know that we can walk with certainty in the hope of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, who he is, and, Lord, how you're our advocate, you're our strength, you're our hope, Lord. You've given us your spirit to make us witnesses in this world. So, Lord, I ask that you just move in each and every heart. And Lord, I just pray for those that are feeling any kind of a strain or uncertainty that, Lord, you would draw them to a place where they would make that confession with their mouth and that, Lord, we could pray with them and speak the word of truth into them, your words of truth. Lord, bless each and every one as we go this week. Lord, that as we leave this place, Lord, we're leaving full of confidence. We're leaving this place knowing that you are taking us into the place that you have assigned us to be, Lord, and that's in this world that we live in. Lord, help us not to live the same after we've walked out of your presence the same way that as we came into it. Let us know that we can walk with a certainty, walk with a confidence. In Jesus' name, I pray and I ask it today. Amen. Lord bless you all today. And if you need prayer, please come to the altar. We would love to pray with you.